Welcome to Embrace Your Brain with Dr. D. Joy Coulter. These short weekly brain bits give you fresh glimpses into how your mind works and how to develop its natural brilliance. Welcome to the podcast. Today's topic, Brain Layers and Social Conflict, Part 5. We've been exploring our two lower brain layers. Our core layer, which carries many survival traits in common with reptiles, and our limbic system, which carries many emotional impulses in common with mammals. Each has its own operating system in humans, and if we draw on them as part of a multi-layered approach to life, they serve us well. But under high stress, we run the risk of allowing one or the other of these two operating systems to take over, and that usually leads to actions we regret later. We can tell that we're reaching this tipping point if we look at what happens when we try to speak while under high stress. If we try to speak from our core layer, the one most resembling the reptilian traits, we know what it sounds like because we've heard it when it's the only layer able to speak. When strokes or brain damage put this layer in charge of speech, the individual is only able to use very familiar phrases and verbatim expressions. If they swore a lot before the damage, those exact strings of words again crop up almost reflexively. If we lose self-control at the core layer, it can take over our speech. Then our speech sounds commanding, cold, and demands obedience. It's not at all social or conversational, and it doesn't welcome verbal responses from the one we address either. Phrases like, stop or I'll shoot, or look at me when I'm talking to you, or stop crying or I'll give you something to cry about, are all examples of almost automatic responses to challenge, insult, or disgust. And they typically are accompanied by threatening postures. It's even more threatening if we're wearing clothing that conveys status, like a uniform. Some of us turn to the limbic layer's operating system when we're under high stress. However, we quickly find speech to be nearly impossible. So here's what happens with us when we try to speak from the second layer, our mammalian roots. When emotionally overwhelmed, either fearful and threatened or angry and caught up in aggression, we would appear to be tongue-tied unable to use words to express ourselves, and resorting to cries or shouts instead. This happens because the tongue can only move well enough to support clear speech if it has a dominant side. And at this layer, both sides of the tongue fire at once. That's fine for eating, chewing, and swallowing, but not for the finer controls needed for speech. For that, one of the other three layers must take the lead because in all the other layers, the tongue does have a dominant side. The natural choice for the limbic or second layer is to turn to the third layer, the neocortex. While the left hemisphere of the neocortex shuts out input from this second layer, the right hemisphere is highly connected to it. This right hemisphere tends to embrace a more variable approach to language. It allows intonation and emotion to influence the sense of our words and lets words serve to create more stylized sketches or metaphors. So this invites a poetic and rhythmic style of speaking that flows easily. When the core layer wants to speak more complexly than those automated phrases, it must link up to the left hemisphere of the third layer. That hemisphere collects precise terminology and specializes in fixed choices of words based on exact meaning. 
It relies on reasoning to create the strategies it needs to stay dominant and lacks direct ties to the emotional limbic system. But at least it can engage in real conversation now. Since we can't delete either system, we need to integrate them with our two upper layers more skillfully. If we can do that, we may be able to resolve a wide array of social conflicts. So let's take a closer look at how these layers came about and the many design flaws they include. Each layer addresses two kinds of survival, self-preservation and species or group preservation, but in very different ways. The core layer's operating system worked perfectly for reptiles for millions of years. Their operating system was set up to maintain dominance of the strongest individuals and to maintain submissive behaviors in all the others. That guaranteed survival of the individuals. And to guarantee survival of the species, since that layer wasn't designed to care for groups, it had a built-in instinct to cull any deviance. Any flaw or weakness or difference displayed by a reptile in their midst triggered an immediate drive to kill them. While they couldn't understand why they had this drive, it was nature's way of preserving the species by maintaining a pure gene pool. It was a perfect program for 120 million years. But when mammals emerged, this operating system was completely inadequate. Their offspring required prolonged care, so layer two was overlaid on their core layer, giving them a new operating system that addressed emotional issues, fostering the bonding, social intimacy, play, and sharing that would be needed for them to survive. As a mechanism for fostering group or species preservation, it worked well. Social groups had each other's backs, and together they could ward off attacks from outsiders. However, when it came to protecting the individual members, when the group wasn't nearby to protect them, the operating system was much less effective. As individuals, they had two choices, to fight or flee. But their fighting was more flailing than skillful warriorship, and their flight was only as effective as their speed. There would always be some predator who could run faster. So since self-preservation was so poorly designed at this second layer, a third layer emerged to better protect the individual. We call this layer the neocortex, the new brain. It came with a capacity for strategic planning and new learning and made it possible to break old patterns, to find shortcuts, and to improvise when needed. In humans, it also made it possible to use speech to carry out complex communications. While this layer has been very effective in protecting us as individuals, even this operating system had a real flaw. It didn't emphasize species preservation, which made caring for the rest of humanity a low priority. To address that, a final layer was added to the front of the brain, called the frontal lobes. It came about around the time of the Cro-Magnon with its raised forehead. This layer contains two key qualities that had never been consciously exercised before, empathy and altruism. Empathy allowed species preservation to once again become important, while altruism even invited self-sacrifice if need be. So at this highest level, self-preservation takes a back seat to the preservation of the entire species, and all groups and individuals are valued equally. We're just beginning to weave that incredible system into our lives. If you're enjoying these podcasts, I think you'll love my book, 
Original Mind Uncovering Your Natural Brilliance. It's available on Amazon and at EmbraceYourBrain.com.